Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. I have got a very special guest with me today and and the first for the Hog Football Podcast. Uh, I have got Coach Ryan Gelber with me. Uh, Coach Gelber is currently the head football coach at Red Oak High School in Iowa and he is a former player at Illinois State University and was a former player of mine at Springfield High School. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to Ryan today, um, and let's get going. So, Coach Gelber, what's up, buddy? How are you? How are things? Oh, it's not too bad. It's a little crazy out there, but, you know, some we just got to adapt to. Absolutely. Nothing nothing too crazy. Absolutely. So, you and I were talking about that before I started recording, and Finally, I just had to say, let, let's get going on this. But, um, you know, you, you're going through the same struggles uh, that everyone else is as far as a high school and college coach, trying to get guys organized and trying to do things via Zoom, I'm assuming, and, and all, of those, uh, all of those fun technological things that you didn't think you'd have to do when you got into coaching. Yeah, yeah it's, um, you know, I didn't think I'd have to conduct as much business over the phone as I have been now. You know, you get into into coaching because you want to work, you know, with kids and groups one-on-one, whatever it is. And, and now it's over phone, but you know, it's, it's different. It's kind of frustrating because we're, you're getting to that time of year where you're, you know, looking to jump into your summer training programs and your, Mm -hmm. and your summer workouts. And, and, you know, you just want to get out there with the kids and get back to football and weightlifting and running and conditioning. and, And, and we can't do that right now. And that stinks, but you know, we're waiting patiently for the state of Iowa to, to get things rolling. You know, thankfully they got baseball and softball mm-hmm. um, started for June 1. And, you know, we're here and probably hopefully by July 1, um, you know, we can start looking to do some summer stuff and, and get out there. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. I got a couple of kids texting me, you know, chomping at the bit. Hey, you know, what can we do? You right. know, where can we go? You know, I want to get in and you know, the YMCA is open, the outdoors are open, you know, we do as much as we can, but right. it's different, but it's a fun challenge. Absolutely. And we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get going in this, but you know, I've got to, I've got to keep my protocol and I've got to ask you my first question. Uh, mm-hmm. You've been a part of a lot of great teams. You know, we had some real good success at Springfield high school. You had, you guys obviously had a ton of success at Illinois state. And, and now mm-hmm. in your career as a head coach, talk to me about how important the offensive line was to the success of those programs and those teams. Well, I've, I've been an offensive line guy since day one, since, you know, third grade with the Springfield youth football program. And, and so I've been around offensive lines my entire life. And every team that I've played on that's had success has, has been around, based around 
a, a team that that's nasty and physical in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've played around a lot of really smart guys. So, you know, being an, an offensive lineman is, is partially about being a big, bad physical guy. Um, but the other half is being, you know, intelligent and being able to read defenses and, and linebackers and, you know, stuff like that. So, so the success of, of the programs that I've been in have been, you know, so it's been great because we've had great offensive lines and I'm, you know, happy to have been a part of a lot of those. And, you know, it's the, it's the only unit in football that where it's a true, you know, five guys have to be on at all times kind of thing. You know, one guy messes up and, and things can go sour. And, and so um, it's been a lot of fun, you you know, being a part of groups, you know, offensive line sets the tone of the game. You come out from the first snap on and and the offensive line has to be on. And, you know, there's been some game, you know, as a backup at Illinois state, I watched a lot of really great offensive linemen, just set the tone early and that, you know, we've had those, you know, 60 to nothing games and stuff right. like that, where it's just been, you know, watching masters at work. So, you know, the offensive line is a special unit and, you know, I'm really glad to have been a part of, of being an offensive lineman for my whole career. Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of, obviously, you know, I got the pleasure of coaching you for your, your high school career, but I'm, I'm sitting here thinking kind of as you're talking and, I think there was a Gelber that started on the offensive line at Springfield High School for like nine years in a row or something, something, you know, starting with Ross, who mm-hmm. started as a sophomore, junior, senior. Then you obviously started as a sophomore, junior, senior. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure Alex also started as a sophomore, junior, senior. So it's, yeah, it's, yep. it's Ross, kinda, Ross you guys graduated. are like the, 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 the benchmark for offensive linemen at Springfield High School, man. Yeah, it was kind of weird like that. I played two seasons with Ross um, as a, as when I was a freshman and a sophomore. So right. we got one year where we started together. I started um, at center and he played left tackle and we played a season together. Um, and then when I was a senior, Alex was a freshman. So we didn't play together in any games, um, but we were in a part of the same program. So we got to work out together and practice together and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it was fun. We, we definitely took a lot of our, uh, our, struggles home and, and <laughs> fought it out quite a bit I can remember a couple of times getting into getting into it with Ross at home but you know he pushed me and 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 I'm really glad that I got to play with him because he really made me a lot better yeah he he was he was and I you know obviously you and I can talk about this uh, you know 99% of the people listening don't have any idea what we're talking about but he was uh he was such a cerebral player and, mm-hmm. and played with such a a calmness almost mm-hmm. where he yeah, never, it, well, and you know, it, it's kind of funny because you, you know, it's the, it's the true oldest child, middle child, youngest child, because he was so calm. Uh-huh. Alex was so crazy. Tenacious, and then you were kind yeah. of right in the middle, you know, you had your uh-huh. moments of, of calmness and then we could kind of get a fire under your butt and you'd have some moments where no. you go crazy too. So uh, yeah. it was, it was funny. Yeah. I, I can remember a lot of finesse moves that Ross, used he was a lot quicker than a lot of guys he wasn't as big as I was so he was a little bit quicker than me and I can remember him getting out on some of those you know outside zone and toss type plays and I remember one game it would have probably been it was that Saturday afternoon against Taylorville game and I remember a block that he had on one of those sweet plays and and he like lifted the guy off of his feet I know exactly what you're talking about yeah it was it was uh Tyrell scrambled 
And so I remember, because I, I, can, I can picture it in my mind right in front of me. I can't find it on, on film, but, but uh, Tyrell scrambled, who was our quarterback, and yeah. Ross was pass setting and kind of saw him running, and Ross took off to, to go downfield and block and threw the guy legitimately five, six yards down the field. Yeah, just like one of those. I don't think the guy was paying attention. And it was a safety. Yeah. And he, yeah, I just remember picked him up and like threw him and, and which was kind of weird. Cause you know, Ross wasn't the strongest guy on the field, but you know, just a, just a finesse guy. And then, and then Alex is the, the fire hydrant, you know, right. he would you <laughs> literally know, double, double leg every guy and, <laughs> and, you know, brought, had a stack of pancakes after every game. So, you yeah, kind of, kind of different players, but a lot of fun to play. With you got, guys. you guys were definitely, a lot of fun to be able to coach and, and you made my job a hell of a lot easier. So um, it was a lot of fun. Good. You know, moving on a little bit, uh, you know, I kind of want to talk about some of the things you guys did at Illinois state and, and mm -hmm. obviously um, your time there, you, you, you played a lot of games. You got to play in the national championship game, your junior year, I believe. Redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Red, okay. So redshirt sophomore year. So you got, you know, you were at the, the highs of the highs. Talk to me a little bit about kind of, what it was like transitioning from a high school to, to you know, a big-time college program like that and, and how the offensive line um, – how the yeah. offensive line room was and, and just kind of the what you, what you brought with you from – maybe, I guess, what you brought with you from Springfield High School to Illinois State and then what you've brought with you to Red Oak from Illinois State. Yeah. Well, um, you know, offensively, we ran a couple different offenses throughout the years at Illinois State, but – I guess the base was pretty similar to what we had ran at Springfield High. There was a lot of zone stuff, um, a little bit of options. So I was pretty familiar with the system and the footwork, all those drills we did in, um, at Springfield High. We did a lot of the same drills at Illinois State. Um, and I, you know, for, the, for my first three seasons, I played at a backup position. And I played behind some really talented guys. Um, and the first thing, I guess, that I noticed, and this is probably true for a lot of guys to transition from high school, to the college is the speed of the game mm -hmm. is like a thousand, you know, you're, you're going against defensive ends who are, you know, running four, four forties who are also, you know, six, five and 280 <laughs> pounds. Right. And, and you have to be able to adjust. So the first three years were, were big learning years. And I played against, uh, played behind a couple of really good guys. And I learned a lot. And I can remember in that, that 2014, 2015 season, um, when we went to the national championship, um, that offensive line room was, was probably some of the best experiences of my life. Um, because you know, when you're playing into January, you, you know, we spent all of our Christmas break at school practicing and stuff. Um, and you really get to, you know, you have this brotherhood with your guys. And I remember throughout the season, you know, every Thursday night we would go out to eat as an offensive line, which, is, is a scary thing, you know, seeing 10 or 12 <laughs> guys walk into a local restaurant and, and stuff like that. So I don't know how, how much that was appreciated, but, <laughs> but just getting to spend time with those guys, you know, the plane trips, the hotels and stuff like that. Right. You know, that's, I think that's the thing that I miss most um, because it was just, you know, guys that you connect with and you spend all your time with. And, and, and then for my last two years, um, I started on an offensive line with four other guys that, that were in the same class as me. So we had all come in together um, in, in June of 2012 and spent pretty much every moment with each other for the most part um, into October, November of 2016. So, um, you know, I got to know these guys. These are guys that I, you know, still talk to all the time today and, and stuff like that. And, and, and so that was a lot of really fond memories working with those guys. And, you know, I worked with, 
you know, guys who are big and strong, fast guys, smart guys. And I tried to take bits and pieces of that and, and, you know, kind of build that into my teaching style, you know, as, as I go and coach the offensive line, you know, what would, you know, this guy, what would this guy have done in this situation? What would this guy, you know, what did his uh, footwork look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a lot of fun and I had a lot of resources. So, so that's been good. So, you know, as I've transitioned into coaching, I think about, you know, some of the coaches that I played for, you know, how did they teach it? What terminology did they use? How did they phrase it? And then kind of try and bring some of that here. So, you know, I, I'm sure that I have some of my players here in Red Oak that would, you know, if they talk to, you know, a coach, you know, like you or one of my former coaches at Illinois State, like George Barnett or, or Dan Clark, you know, they would hear the same, you know, footwork phraseology and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, it's, you know, you, you talk about coaching trees and I'm not, you know, part of any coaching tree or anything like that, but I can see how that, you know, those coaches have kind of sent guys around the country with their terminology and stuff. So, right. you know, it, it's, it's been helpful to have all those resources. You're now, obviously, I mean, you're a giant of a man. Does, I'm sure your players know you, you played major college football. Do, do you, mm. I mean, does it come up a lot? Do you, do you kind of, have you ever, have you ever pulled up the film and shown them the, the clips or anything or, or do they just I, kind of give you your, your space? We haven't talked about it a ton. We talked about it a little bit more when I first came to town, when I, right. when we moved here in 2017, um, a little bit early on. So my first collegiate start at offensive line, um, in 2015 was at the university of Iowa. Um, and so there was a couple of people who, you know, from talking to them about it, who were probably at that game. So um, like my principal, for example, um, you know, and some other people in town, you know, went to that Illinois State at Iowa game back in, in 2015. Or, yeah, 2015. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, hey, you got to see me in my first college start. And, um, you know, that game didn't, you know, go super great for me. It was I want to say it was like 120 degrees on the turf. It was awful. And oh, I had to go up against a couple of really good guys, you know, like Drew Ott and, 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 and Josie Jewell and some of those, you know, Iowa guys who are just astoundingly better than I was. So right. <laughs> I, I gave up a couple sacks, but you know, what, be, what better way to, to, to get inundated and introduced into your starting career in college football and going against some of the best, best around. So that was a fun challenge. It was a lot of fun. Right. That's awesome. I, I, I didn't, I, I'm sure I knew that, but you know, it's been a, a while. I didn't realize your first start was at Iowa. So that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of moving on, you talked a little bit about, you, you know, you, you moved uh, to Red Oak in 2017, um, started out in kind of an odd situation. You guys were, you, you had co-head coaches um, and then you've been the head yeah. coach the last uh, two seasons. Um is that last two seasons going into year three? Or you're go- yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two two um, full seasons as head coach. Yeah. Talk talk to me a little bit how that situation was and, and how the transition was and, and just what what kind of struggles and challenges you might have had as a head coach now at a you know at a small yeah. a small school in Iowa. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was getting interviewed um, for my teaching job here, they asked if I wanted to coach football, and I was like, well, yeah, I'd love to coach football. <laughs> and they're like, do you want to be the head coach? And I was like, okay, hold on now. I'm like 22 years old, you know, just getting out of college. Right. I have no idea how to coach football. I don't know the first <laughs> thing about, you know, you know, the minutia of coaching football, you know, setting schedules, ordering uniforms, things like that. I have no idea how to do that. Right. So they're like, well, we have this other guy. He's coached sports before. You guys could let co-head coach. And I was like, okay, I guess we could 
kind of figured out he had experience coaching. So he kind of handled a lot of the head coaching duties and, and I kind of liken it to like an apprenticeship. Um, you know, I, you know, kind of stayed by him and he showed me, you know, oh, okay, here when kids turn in their, you know, physicals and stuff like this, here's kind of the stuff you have to do. And it, and it was really nice in, in that one year of the co-head coach um, setup, I, I learned a ton enough to where the next year I told them I would be willing to take over as, you know, full head coach, um, you know, cause I had a, a bit of a better idea of what was going on. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's been, we've had our challenges here in Red Oak. Um, you know, we, there's been some tough years and some coaching turnover and things like that. So we're kind of fighting an uphill battle, but you know, that's, it's, it's a great, you know, opportunity, especially for a young first time head coach to kind of get thrown into the fire and kind of have to figure things out, work on the run. You know, there's a unique set of challenges that have presented themselves here that, you know, it would be great to go to, you know, one of those big time powerhouse programs, you know, and, and just jump right into the success there. But being part of being in the uh, position where you have the opportunity to kind of work things, build things up, you know, it, you know, it's, it's different. And I'm very grateful that I've had the opportunity to, to have some struggles and, and, you know, work to figure things out right. and work against some, some challenges and things like that. Cause that's, that's going to make me a better coach in the future. You know, I have things to focus on that other coaches might not need to focus on because they've got that figured out. So, you know, I, I am very grateful that, that there have been some challenges for me. So now, you know, the goals and expectations are to, you know, get this thing trending upward, moving in the right direction, you know, being able to kind of set this program and, and work from there. So, you know, that's kind of what, where we're at now going into year three is, you know, you kind of know the expectations, you know what to expect, you know how things look, you know, our, our system hasn't changed tremendously. Now we have to, you know, work twice as hard to, you know, get those wins and, you know, who's going to show up to the weight room, who's going to show up to practice, who's going to, you know, be there ready when, when the whistle's blown and you're ready to go, you know, who's going to be that guy to, that gets counted on. So, right. you know, we have, we have that, that fun opportunity in front of us. Right. And it's, and that, that's such a good point too. I think a lot of guys, especially young coaches get into it, not understanding that those struggles and those difficult scenarios are good things. Like those are going mm -hmm. to help you when, you eventually get to that job where you just kind of show up and it's like, Oh my gosh, everything, you know, the moms mm -hmm. are doing what they're, you know, they've got the mom's club and the booster club, mm -hmm. the quarterback club. And yep. so it makes it that much more, um, I guess, uh, you know, appreciated uh, when you don't have to struggle every day for it. Um, but yep. those, those things are good. Those are good things. I'm glad that you uh, are learning from them and, and, and taking lessons from them because it's going to help you as you, you know, climb that, that coaching ladder. Yeah. And I've got assistant coaches and some people in our booster club and administration who've been helpful and, yeah. you know, I've been able to kind of help me with all that. And, and, you know, I have, you know, great offensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator who know what they're doing. We have a great strength coach right. who, you know, works with these kids and, and, you know, I have a lot of trust in those guys um, and, and, you know, and the girls in the booster club who are, are there to help me and, right. and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I do have a pretty good support system and, and, and that's been very helpful and it's made it a little bit easier on me. Good. That's good. And, and then, you know, one of the things you and I were talking about before we started recording was just some of the, you know, not necessarily pushback, but just 
situations you've had where you're trying to implement lessons you maybe got from Illinois State or from, mm-hmm. from Springfield High School that uh, unfortunately sometimes in those small Iowa towns mm-hmm. ch- change is feared a little bit because it's, it's yeah. you know, the, the dreaded this is not how we've done it before. How, how, yeah. have, you handled, how have you handled those types of situations um, you I, know, I, kind of with your, over your time? Yeah, I guess I think sticking sticking uh, to and staying true to a lot of those things, you know, it's it's not what you've had before. It's it's new to you. It's different, but maybe that's a good thing. You, uh, you know, when when I played at Illinois State, our, our head coach was Brock Spack. Came from the Big Ten. Came from Purdue. A very blue collar guy. A very you know you're gonna do it the right way type of coach. And I mm-hmm. respected the heck out of him for that. You know, it was you know a suit and tie on game days or you know on the planes and stuff like that. It's you show up. 20 you know 10 20 minutes early you're ready to go five minutes before the whistle blow you know some of that stuff you know the way that you talk to people the way you address people the respect things like that you know and not to say that when I came here people weren't respectful and things like that but you know when you know he had something you know when you're going on the plane you're going to wear a shirt and tie yes coach that's that's how you want it done that's how I'm going to do it and you know here you know I love I'm a big big into uniformity and you know I love that you know those classic looks everybody's gonna wear the same thing you know so you know for these first couple of years we have our our team walkthrough shirt you know every, you know um last year I, I bought them for the team and you know every kid's gonna have this orange shirt it's gonna you know say red oak and have our logo on it and, and that's how I want it I want all my guys to be uniformed you know so when that other team shows up they see my team they're all uniform they're all wearing the same stuff with you know, the Red Oak logo, we have pride in our community. And, and I think that plays a psychological effect into it. And, you know, there have been some instances where people maybe haven't seen the merit or haven't seen the reasoning, or, you know, haven't cared as much about the whole uniformity thing and stuff like that. And I'm like, just trust it. Right. And, you know, when we, we go to these, you know, team football camps and stuff, and we're all showing up, and we're all going to wear the same thing, we look a little bit better than some of those teams that show up and they're all wearing, you know, different stuff, not even wearing their school stuff. I'm like, just, just look at that. Look at them across the field over there. They look disorganized. Right. They look out of sorts. And I'm like, think about that. They look over here, they see your uniform. They're like, Oh, these guys are kind of put together. So I, I definitely believe in the psychological thing there. And, and I'm going to kind of keep doing that and keep pushing some of that stuff. And, you know, our toes, everybody's toes are on the line because, you know, when you see teams and you look across the sideline, there's kids on their knees, there's kids standing, there's kids with their helmets off, there's kids sitting on the bench. Right. It's a disorganized thing. So do the kids think it's weird? Sometimes. Do they think I'm nitpicking them? Definitely. But, <laughs> you know, it's if we can get some of these little things taken care of, then, you know, when the bigger things come down the line, oh, that's no problem for us. Right. We're used to some things like that. And that's, that's my hope. That's, you know, what I'm kind of aiming for here as we kind of move through the years and, and the time here is hopefully we can get to a point where the expectations are known ahead of time very clearly. Mm-hmm. And as kids move up from youth football into high school football, they're like, oh, we, you know, we know this, we've heard this, we we're used to this system. This is nothing new to us. And, you know, those towns, those small towns that you can think of that have had success for so long, they've done the same thing right. for years and, and they're really good because of it. Right. And, 
it's kind of fun, you know, two things after what you, you know, you're coming into a good situation because now you're coming into year four where those guys that were first year players when you first got there are now seniors. So the, mm-hmm. you know, the expectations have been set for everybody mm-hmm. in your program now. Um, and it's kind of funny, you know, when you talk about kind of, you know, the shirts and doing things like that, it's, it's often, and we don't have to get too into this, but it's often not the players who have the issues with that. It's, it's other entities we'll, we'll just leave it at that that are that have yeah. the, the biggest problems with it the kids love it because I, I know we did the same type of thing at Fort Madison and, and I got them shirts for games and said you're going to wear these shirts and they they loved it I mean they mm-hmm. they thought it was the, the coolest thing because they never had that given to them before. Yeah. so yeah it's it's important that you that you have that and that you kind of stick to your guns which you have so that's good that's great mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, last question I've got for you um, and this is uh, this is the one that gets everybody. But if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you played with, guys you've coached, or guys you were just a fan of growing up, who would be your five man offensive line? Hmm. That's tough. I got uh, I got some different categories. I think okay. you know because the guys that I played with are a little bit different than the guys I grew up watching. Um, so I guess we'll start with. Um, you know, the pro, the pro guys that I grew up watching. Um, I would say Jonathan Ogden Mm -hmm. could be a tackle. Um, Orlando Pace. I really liked, you know, he played in St. Louis when we were in Springfield. So, Mm -hmm. um, he was kind of well-known. Um, Larry Allen, definitely. Yeah. Um, at guard. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to move a position. I think, I I think Joe Thomas, um, he is a tackle, but I would put him at guard because I want him on my offensive line because he's <laughs> durable and, you know, the 10,363 straight, you know, snaps of football, whatever. So right. he's a definite. And then I would probably say Olin Krutz, you know, he is, he's a bear. He, you probably watched a lot of him, but um, so that, th- those are guys who I would have had the opportunity to watch growing okay. up, you know, not being super old myself. So I would pick them. Um, you know, there's a couple guys that I played with, at Illinois State, um, Mike Lidke played some tackle for us uh, for a couple of years. He's been on a couple of pro teams. Uh, Mark Spellman played center. Um, he's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever played with, and that's including Ross. Yeah. Um, I, I could put Ross on my offensive line. Um, not a huge guy, but, but I, I, maintain, I maintain to this day, had your brother not been so damn smart and go to the fancy – schmancy educational schools he would have been a hell of a d2 or d3 offensive lineman oh yeah yeah i think yeah definitely um you know and he again he's not even that small i i, I don't know what he was listed at at springfield high probably six three two fifty or yeah, something like that around, i don't know say probably around there that's that's not necessarily small but um he, he would definitely be there um I grew up watching a lot of Purdue football because that's where my dad went. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Hardwick played center oh, for yeah. Purdue for a really long time. Um, and then throw, he played you the could throw him on the pro list too. Yeah, with the Chargers. Um, and then I guess as I was kind of getting ready to move into college ball, um, Purdue had an offensive tackle, Dennis Kelly. Uh, he's with the Tennessee Titans right now. Um, big dude. I kind of watched his game a lot. He played left tackle just like I did. And Mm -hmm. I watched a lot of his stuff because, you know, he played on my favorite team. And so he's another pro guy that I would say, but it's, it's a hard list, but those first five are definitely probably the best offensive line pro offensive lineman of my, my time, but there's a lot of them. 
There is. There definitely is a lot of them. Well, I know I know if I were having to put together a list of, of just Springfield high guys, I would I would definitely have to throw you and your brother on there. Ross, I didn't you know I only get to coach Alex for a season. So mm-hmm. you guys are definitely on my list. Um, but you know, it's been it's been awesome talking with you. Do me a favor oh, before yeah. we get you out of here. Uh, drop your Twitter handle real quick and any other information you want these guys to know. Sure. Uh, I don't use I don't really use a personal Twitter all that much. I'm not much of a tweeter. Um, our our team has a Twitter. We're at uh, all capitals R O H S Tiger F B, um, and you can you can link to our uh, Facebook and team website from there. Um, I don't tweet a ton, but um, just you know I've I've talked with other other coaches. Definitely looking to network. Get any tips or anything like that I'm, I'm all for I actually got the opportunity to talk with uh, coach Mike McCormick at the Iowa um, high school coaches clinic he was uh, him and his Williamsville guys were presenting there so I talked to oh, him nice. for a little bit so it was nice to hear from him again and we shared some memories from from the Marion game back in yep. what 2011 so or no 2010 yeah um they, so they just they just replayed that game on on the radio the other day the Marion game they did I've got I've got a link for it. I'll send it to you I remember that game I had the worst back spasms that game but that was a dog fight it you was, know. That was, that was a fun game. game and and then and then kind of funnily as as the world kind of works um I am now actually recruiting coach McCormick's son so uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny how everything works out that way yeah he's a heck of a player I watched that state championship game that comeback he definitely is. Um, I saw it, saw it on Twitter that, you know, watch this game if you're not watching it because it's getting crazy. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun. The coaching world is a small world. And it is. I'm new, I'm new to it, but I'm, I'm eager to, you know, meet other coaches and, and you know, share information and stuff with them. So, awesome. it's definitely a lot of fun. Good, good. Well, guys, check check out Ryan if you, if you get a chance. Reach out to him. He's a great guy. Uh, buddy, it's been great talking with you, man. Hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully you're staying safe. Everybody's healthy. <laughs> Um, and best of luck this upcoming season. Thanks a lot. It's a lot of fun. All right. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome 